and welcome back to another episode of the Your Extraordinary Life podcast and YouTube series. This morning, I am in the beautiful Oahu, mm -hmm. Hawaii, joined by probably one of the most interesting people I've ever met in my <laughs> life. We have Ninja Natalie Duran right here. What's up? I'm so excited to dive into this conversation. This series is about sharing and conversations with different people that I meet on my travels around the world. And let's go ahead and dive in. So... Tell us about you. Who is Natalie? What is your story? Yeah, it's a it's a weird it's a weird one, that's for sure. So <laughs> my birth name is Natalie, but I identify as Ninja, so I go by Ninja Natalie on Instagram and everything. Um, but yeah, even when I meet strangers, I'm like, "Hi, my name is Ninja," and they're like, "Okay," and I'm like, "I'm like, hold on, hold on," and then I like go and climb something. Um, in a nutshell, I, I, have a, I have a neuroscience degree. I'm a ninja warrior. Um, I climb something every single day out of pure addiction. And uh, I just reflect on this. I'm almost been, I've been a content creator for now almost 20 years. So been through the thick of it. Wow. Yeah, we have like OG YouTuber out here. And then I'll put over some videos of it. Oh Natalie. my God. <laughs> it's going to be so cringy. Climbing everything too. Like, oh yeah. We went out this past weekend and we all turned around and Natalie's just like up on the top of like the roof of the club and we were like wait what <laughs> you know I like we all have our own unique level of social anxiety so mine's like mine is I like have to like touch something high in order to feel comfortable in a space it's very weird Ooh. I don't know Cool. Yeah. I love that. Uh -huh. That's so interesting. Amazing. Okay. So I'm really curious. So where are you originally from? And then what brought you out to like LA to getting into the entertainment industry? Did it start with your YouTube channel or like where did that first start out for you? I think it, it all started when I was born into the existence as a first generation Filipino American. Yes. <laughs> so what, what that means is my parents immigrated to um, America in like the 70s. And uh, what comes with that pressure of like, they sacrificed everything. Like my mom has a class example. She didn't meet my dad until um, the seventies in Florida, I believe. But my mom came here at the top of her boards of the nursing boards in the Philippines. So her family put all the money to get her to America. Same thing came with like a hundred dollars cash in her pocket, one carry on, and then like try to find a job. Oh. So their expectations for me were very high and like definitely was raised super strict. I wasn't allowed to go like outdoors. I wasn't allowed to watch TV until like the weekends. It was like specific channels. So I guess how it kind of pushed me to become a content creator first and foremost is that just I wasn't allowed to play with kids in the street when I was like in middle school and high school. So then I would just like talk to strangers on the internet. <laughs> yes. Via camera, which sounds sketchy as heck, but it ended up like, it was great because then I found a whole community of other um, Asian Americans that didn't feel represented in television or movies. And we just like shared our stories online. And what we didn't realize we just needed it as an outlet, but ended up being like, people were actually like listening to our stories. And that's how we grew. Um, a lot of our fan base that way. Wow, that's amazing. So it started off as a form of like connection and sharing. Yeah, and it's at the end of the day community. It's like you find your own little niche and the beautiful thing about the internet and like the and social media is that there is no ba like boundaries and limits. Now you have to like filter a lot of what you consume, but at the same time, the beauty in being so accessible is that you you still get to choose what you want to consume and be a part of. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. So your channel started off as like 
sharing and community and connection. And then, so you were fully a YouTuber. Oh yeah. And then where did that transition come for you? Like, was it before you went to university? Because I am so interested in your neuroscience degree. Oh, yeah. That is so cool. And like, I really want to dive into that. But how did you go from like starting and doing YouTube to then going to neuroscience? And like, what, what made you choose to study that? Yeah. So I was born to become a doctor, not by my own volition. So <laughs> that was like that. So I went to college, like specifically knowing I was going to pursue the medical, like de like degree kind of avenue. And then kind of YouTube was, yeah, like during high school was my only outlet, my creative outlet. I like, we all, I think we all need to create and whatever, however that defines us. I couldn't paint or draw. Which is why I was gonna become a perfect doctor because my penmanship is horrible. <laughs> so, but I, I created through editing like the first versions of iMovie and like you had to import your videos by plugging in like one of those cords and like play it back in real time. Um, and like it would crash every like few minutes kind of thing. So I created, I was still making YouTube videos what, like throughout college. And I guess the first time I realized I could make money off of it, it was. I got like a random DM from some guy. His name was like Richard Frias. And he was like, hey, you can make money off of this. I was like, stranger danger, who are you? <laughs> and I think I was like really passive aggressive. I was like, you know, you can talk to my parents and then like we could talk. And then, and he was like, and then literally we set up a meeting like with my parents and then like through like a phone call and they're like, he like really laid it down, which is basically like, you know, it was the beginning stages of who, like as creators, we were talking to Google about Google AdSense. So telling them, you know, it's not just movies and TV that's the best advertising spaces. Like we have hundreds of thousands of people that watch us like on the daily basis and they listen to us. And that's, I think, an, like, a, 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 like a space for opportunity to support us as creators, but then also place like your ads and stuff like that. Yeah. So that was kind of my job throughout college, having like uh, studying for my neuroscience degree. I never got a, a job like being a barista, but I would just like make videos in my room. So it was a kind of a perfect balance. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, I love that. And then so in studying neuroscience, that how do you think that has helped you in understanding people or creating content to connect with people? Like, do you think that's played a role in like understanding how humans work and how human brains work and everything? I think more my neuroscience. Yeah, people are like, oh, or my mom always like, when are you going to use your neuroscience degree? I'm like, <laughs> I mean, and professionally, I don't know, but on the daily basis, I'm so grateful for my neuroscience degree because it, it breaks down human existence in the most basic units where I don't think it helped, like it affected me, uh, understanding communities. I think that's just by experience in general, but moreover internally, when you have fluctuations of emotions, you know, no, no matter what like social status you are, if you're what kind of human you are, male or female, we all go through you know, the turmoils of emotion. So with my neuroscience degree, whenever I got bummed randomly for no reason, I'm like, I just think I'm like, oh, okay, it's just an influx, reflux or a high low of neurotransmitters. So when I saw it, saw it in such a like pepper and spice kind of way, uh, it made it a lot less intimidating and less like, it's, it's not hap like, it's not, ha it's not, not happening to me. It's just happening like in and around me. And it will always try to level itself out as long as we don't keep feeding that wolf, 
you know? Ooh, yes. I love that way of describing it too. Like, like it'll happen and you recognize it. Like you recognize that it's happening mm -hmm. because I feel like a lot of our society just tells people like, oh, just like shoot for happiness and always try to be happy, but like- Not sustainable. Yeah, it's <laughs> not real. Like your body goes through flows. Mm -hmm. And so that's so important to like start, people are trying to share more and like normalize that like we have flows in our emotions and that's totally normal. Right. It's, I think it's most important not to project when you're project outwards when you need to release things. And I think that's important also as being a friend or uh, a partner to someone is like acknowledging when something seems like it's like attack towards you, but really the other person is just going through like their own flow of emotions. You yes. Know? Yeah. Like the, that's been one of the biggest lessons of my life is Q-tip quit taking it personally. Ah, because ah. like when things happen or like when someone reacts, like you said, I would always take it personally and be like, what happened? What did I do? Right. But you didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you're just a mirror to that person to, to like get some shit, like shit out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So when you would go through these emotions, when you would find yourself like sometimes at a low, what was your way of like processing that or coping that? Or did you have some sort of like activity or climbing or something that you would go to and that would sort of be your release or your like space? Hermit. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, I'm a, I'm like an extroverted introvert. So like when I'm out at events or like with friends, I'll like give my everything and because I enjoy doing that. But then afterwards I like will stay in my room for a day and like not talk to anyone. Mm -hmm. And then just like kind of like be still and reset myself and then re-enter the world again. Nice. And that's so good to understand and know about yourself. Like how did you get to know that that's what you need in order to recharge, in order to show up again as your best self for the world? I think naps are important. I think yes. we need to destigmatize naps and yes. then like allow ourselves to have time for naps kind of thing. And then even like now that I'm dating too, it's like I even ask me like, are you capable of napping? <laughs> They're like, what do you think about naps? <laughs> this is and if they're like, if they like, if they like can't, if they're not capable of napping, I'm like, I don't know if this is gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I started opening up to naps recently because it's like, society's like, oh, wake up and grind the whole day. But right. No, I think that's one thing if you want to listen to your body, if it's tired, like, take, yeah, take, take a nap. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Dating checklist, must nap. <laughs> must, must, yes, must be like socially acceptable to nap. <laughs> yes, I love that, amazing. So what do you think is the point in your life where sort of everything changed, where it was like a before and after? What was that for you? I think of my, my, I have one sister, she's nine years older than me. So, um, for my immigrant parents, she like ticks all the list of like, we have a success, like by their definition, a successful daughter. So she's a nurse, has a husband, uh, has a, a daughter and a son and a cat and a dog in a house and like lives kind of like close to my parents. So I'm like, okay, you got one you got one daughter that's doing it. You know what I mean? And I'm over here. I got my degree, but I'm like traveling the world. I don't know where I'm going to be in two weeks. Um, you know what I mean? Moved so. to Hawaii. Oh, I moved to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. By the way, mini tangent. I want to know what led to that move to Hawaii. Oh, me coming to Hawaii. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Southern California. I lived for 10 years in LA. I, I own my own property, which is like a small studio in Los Angeles, but it was perfect for me because I, it got me cabin fever. So I didn't stay indoors too long. I would just go out to the beach to work out and it was close enough to the airport where I could just like ditch out for cheap flights if I wanted to. But I, I don't know, 10, it's, it's, it's so hard to explain how I like came to Oahu, but it was such a tangible completion of a cycle of like my existence 
that I needed. It's not I needed, but it was like it was already happening. There's certain things I feel like you've you make decisions for, but there's also how you exist in life to set you yourself up for things that you want or desire. And then for some things just fall into place. And then it's one of those things are happening so fast, like without you, you're trying to catch up. So I, I would travel to Hawaii every year to visit like my cousins and my uncle. But for some reason, well, the bucket list of things that I wanted to achieve in my personal life was like get to know my family more because I have a certain level of guilt that like I'm not spending enough time with my family. Or I don't really like know my family. Um, and then being here in the last trip, I got to stay with like my uncle in their home and have breakfast with them and hear their stories. And I'm like, and I always feel like I have trouble asking for help. So anytime I ask them like, oh, can you like, can I like borrow the car to pick up something? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, can you drive me to the airport? Like I always, at airports, I'm like, I'll take the bus or take an yeah. Uber before I ask someone. And they're like, and there was like a simple phrase. They're like, yeah, yeah, of course, your family. I don't you're like, why are you even scared of asking? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I felt it. And then I was like, oh, okay. I have chosen family that's very beautiful, which is my ninja friends and friends in LA, but like my family family, like now I'm just, in my now being 30, I'm just getting to know like who they are, you know, and stuff like that. So that was beautiful coming here. That was like a nice transition that they like, they helped me kind of move here and finding a new community out here. And then, um, just different opportunities. Cause mm -hmm. they're like, why do you leave LA? You just, I mean, I, I've, I've been in the television industry and all that stuff. And it was, it, it it's, it's, I have a clear path there, but it, for some reason I have to like stir shit up in my own life. I don't know why. <laughs> no, I, I feel the same. It's you're too deep in your comfort zone and then you feel like you need to step out of it. And, right. And so definitely, definitely like, yeah, not uncomfortable, but I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yes. And I love that. Like we were talking about this before with you being here, you don't like like moist and humid. Oh yeah. My, my pet peeve is like condensation on like glasses and this whole island is one gigantic condensation glass so I'm like every day I'm <laughs> I like talk to myself now I feel like and I'm like we're wet we're like moist <laughs> yes but you're here and you're like facing that yeah that's so I'm facing amazing. the fear of like I have a fear of the ocean I have the fear of like moisture I don't know it's very like weird irrational fears but here here the hell I am yeah by the drama <laughs> by the drama yeah amazing super cool so to step back so then how did you what was the changing point in your life where you got super into climbing and you really just pursued that and became the human that you are today in the climbing world yeah I think everyone has the potential to be their own version of a superhero um, for me that moment was when I found rock climbing and it was in college my freshman year I would I was like really afraid of like getting into college I was like just nervous and like it was a big step um, and then so I would ask a lot of current students or graduates advice. And the one that stuck with me was, oh, you're gonna get freshman 15. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> freshmen gain an average of 15 pounds when they go into university. I was like, no. And I never worked out, like these muscles were non-existent. I was actually really skinny when I was younger. I have fast metabolism. My parents would make me drink and sure because so it looked, I looked like I was gonna die because I was just so thin. Oh no. <laughs> but I ate, but I just have fast metabolism. So. When I went to the gym, um, I like 
mess my back up because I squat. I was trying to just do squats, but I didn't know how to do it properly, and I like mess my so mess my back up. I don't like running. Cardio is horrendous. But then on the <laughs> as I was walking out of the gym, there was like a flyer on the wall, and it said free, and I was like free, free day climbing pass to a local climbing gym. And then I went uh, with my friends to this climbing gym for the first time, and it was like a combination of just like terrifying. But like exhilarating, and I fell wrong on my first day, sprained my ankle. But for some reason, I was like, "This is awesome!" Yes. <laughs> so it's like that masochistic level of like this intrigues me. Yeah. And then since then, I've I got my membership. I climb every single day, until this day. Like I would hang from something every day. Wow. And that changed my life. Yeah. That's amazing.、Mm-hmm. That is so cool. I love how something like a flyer for a free event that sparked、mm-hmm. your interest. It was it. It was because it was free. Yes. <laughs> That's、yeah. amazing. And fun fact: Natalie also took me to the climbing、oh, gym、yeah. here in Oahu, and it was so much fun.、Uh-huh. It was like the next day, cut like, the clip. You gotta see her. She's like ascending and getting like super high. Yeah, and like my arms, and literally, like the next day, I was like, my forearms have never felt these muscles before. But it was so much fun, and it was so empowering, and like I just had never relied on my upper body strength to help、mm-hmm. me and carry me before. But to feel capable climbing in that way was amazing. Everyone should climb climbing once. If you could climb a ladder, you could rock climb, and it's 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 a cool perspective to experience the world in a different way, because we we see everything pretty horizontal. But like my mind now is so vertical, I get to appreciate the sights, but then I get to be a part of the landscape too. So it's kind of cool. Wow! Yes,、yeah. yeah, yeah, like the in Santa Monica. I think that's where I first saw your videos pop up of like you watching the beach from above, which is so cool. Like just being at、oh, the、yeah. top of those poles. That's and- where I meditate, which is really ironic. I I think also everyone finds their own definition of how they meditate. Well, like if you if if it's difficult for you to sit still. Um, it's that's gonna be okay. Find a different way to meditate. So I sit on top of the pole, and then I'm I. That's my meditation, my movement meditation up there. And that's because if I sit on the ground, there's like dogs trying to lick me. There's like friends. I hear the conversations, but for some reason, when I go up on that 30 foot pole, everything turns to white noise. No one could bother me. You know what I mean? Unless they like climb up. And then I like I'll take naps up there now. It's it's actually pretty interesting. Wow,、yeah. that's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> I get high. Yes, <laughs> amazing. So from your progression of finding climbing and then finding strength and peace and meditation in it to now, you are literally a re- real life superhero and a ninja, being on American Ninja Warrior. How did that happen? And what was that experience like? I mean, yeah, that's like the real life game changer. I feel like, like I said, you set up everything for stuff to just happen to you. So like my decision to enter climbing and my and then even a decision to continue with YouTube is the culmination of how the producers found me for American Ninja Warrior.、Uh, it was like 2014 or 15, and then I got a on my phone I got an unrecognized call, and then I don't know how they found my number, which I think is super stalkery. They're like, "Hi,、uh, we're the casting producers for American Ninja Warrior." I'm like, "Stranger danger!" Again, number. <laughs> they got my number. And they're like, "Have you ever heard of American Ninja Warrior?" I was like, "No." At that time, it was on a smaller network, and then this is just being brought to NBC. And then、um, I said no initially, but they kept emailing me details. And then I finally like checked the videos out on YouTube, and it was really male dominated. But I was used to that because the world of climbing was such a male dominated sport. And、um, I would always enter when like females started to be like, you know, show up and be like, "We could do this. We could just do this just as well as you guys." Um, yes. And my first season was in Venice, in California, filmed at four in the morning.、Um, yeah, and I did horrible. Like I fell the second obstacle, 
And then, but something about that failure was just like my experience of climbing and spraining my ankle for the first time. Being exposed to something of that challenging and I guess that like dangerous level to it, like really excited me. So then I started switching my training of climbing to be more ninja specific dynamic, which before was very static and methodical. And now was like hectic, chaotic ninja warrior, just go, go for it. And they asked me back the following year and I said, no, because I didn't feel ready yet. Like we bring Olympic athletes on to Ninja Warrior and they do like horrendous, but that's specific because Ninja Warrior is so specific to a certain skill set. You have to train just Ninja to be, to be successful at Ninja Warrior. So after two years on training more specific for that, uh, yeah, I became national finalist. And then that's when I was uh, repeating talent for the show for like the next like five seasons and stuff like that. Wow, that's amazing. So that pause, like, were you scared to say no to that pause and like really put your head down and train or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's still one of those. I'm like, well, just do it. But then at the same time, I'm like, I'm, I'm a healthy, unhealthy level of a perfectionist, but like, we really have to just be reasonable with yourself. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I wanted to be more familiar with my movement before I just like get out there. Cause it's just a new language to, to learn. Like any sport you get into, it's a CrossFit, yoga, like bar, like it's just your body is learning a new language in a nonverbal way. Hmm. Very cool. It's a neuroscience. Yay! <laughs> So what was your experience being a woman on the show? You said it started off and there weren't many women and it was a little intimidating or it was just different. Like what was your experience? I don't know. My, my perception of like women in sports, if there's like, you know, first female sent X, Y, Z, like I actually don't like care (laughs) as much. People were like, Oh, don't you wish there was American Ninja Warrior for just females? I was like, no, (laughs) like why the fuck? Why? No, we all have our individual skill sets. Like females are maybe more flexible and, and like in certain ways, but guys are just more strong and brutal, but we could be more strategic in our movement. So like coming in, the, the beautiful thing with Ninja Warrior, I think, is you're, you're most competitive against yourself. You have competitors, but really you perform best compared to like what you're capable of doing. So that's why it's like it was such a beautiful sport to enter because I've never seen such camaraderie of like the dude that you're competing for a million dollars, like support you or like give you tips. Because at the end of the day, you know how your body works. Just because someone tells you how to do something doesn't really mean it's the best way for you to do it. Yes, I love that. I love that mindset. And that I feel like goes to so much of life yeah. too. It's like you're not competing with others. You're competing with yourself. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. How has that developed? Like was that something that you used to, didn't start off with and then developed on the show or where did that sort of mindset shift and perspective come for you? I don't know. I think it's because I paved my own path, like from the beginning of even YouTube days, because like none of us knew what it was going to be like today. So I think because we kind of curated and started, we all experimented our own style on YouTube and saw like what does best. It was like, yeah, we were observing others in their creative outlets, but like we could only be pros in our own skill set. You know what I mean? So I think it's like that, that contributed to me being such an individual competitor um, is, is because like a YouTube, like creating videos on YouTube. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. How every piece from like the behind of your life, like the, the building blocks and the pieces all led to that fits in such a non-direct way. That's why I'm like, it, life is exciting. 
uh, but also like super insecure, but excited. It always works out. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And so the other super crazy, amazing thing is your Guinness World Record. <laughs> yeah. How did that happen? So the, the backstory to get to that point is that I was talent for five years on Ninja Warrior, but being on set for these TV shows, like for, like for hours on end, I would just make friends with the crew, the executive producers. And then I, I started to realize, I was like, Ninja Warrior is freaking hard, bro. So I'm like, sometimes my mind is stronger than my body. So I'm, I was always injured. I was always trying to keep up because each year the obstacles get significantly harder. And then, and then kids, literally now kids keep coming into the sport and they're freaking strong. And then and so I'm like, hmm, I don't know how long it could last like this. So I just started um, maneuvering my way behind the scenes as being a producer for digital exclusives or hosting certain segments for behind the scenes, like um, like obstacle development. And that's when that's how the next chapter in my life started as like a, a TV producer and like a TV host. So then because it was great, I created my own content for so many years. I kind of knew what was involved in creating a story. But it was cool because with television, you have a whole ass team. So that was so different from YouTube where like I would film everything myself, film, edit, light everything myself. And now you have like a gaffer, like a production assistant, like a, and, and like someone with like a re like really nice camera to like film everything for you. So I started producing segments for this platform called People Are Awesome. And then we wanted to do People Are Awesome games and highlight a lot of the talent at Santa Monica Muscle Beach, which, which were my friends. So I got to highlight their stories and we wanted to do one segment for breaking Guinness World Record, bring an adjudicator, like to time everything out. And then we had a whole list of possible records to break. And one of them was a uh, five meter rope climb. And then my other producers were like, you should just break, you should just break it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so it was one of those, um, I didn't know it was even possible to get a Guinness World Record. It was one of those things you dream about as a kid because I had like the coffee table book and everything. Yeah. Um, so having that opportunity was like such a childhood dream I never knew I could achieve. Uh, and I got it on my first attempt wow. and then, yeah, and, and I got the little placard, which now sits in my parents' home. So I'm like, they brag about that now. So I'm like, finally, I was <laughs> yes. like, the, my parents just want like, you know, the title things to brag about for me. Yes. It's up on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever I see my friends, my parents are like, oh, are you the, uh, the nurse or the ninja? And I'm like, oh. I'm, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the ninja daughter. <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm like, okay, cool. Now they brag about me in that way. So I'm like, okay, fine. That's amazing. That is so cool. Yeah. So I, a couple things that I want to break down in that. Yeah. The first one that you were talking about in your training, you said that your mind is stronger than your body. Yeah. That is so cool. Where did that come from? And, and how did you find that playing out in your training? Because because I would be so frustrated with myself internally of doing certain ninja obstacles or climbing for or just training in general where I'm like, I know you could do it. But then your body just like we have limitations. I think our consciousness and our, our, we're capable of mentally doing so much, but it's just the tiredness of our body, the physical limitations of physics itself, gravity. You know what I mean? So it's like it's uh that that's why I always in 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 like a spiritual and a neuroscience context, I think we're stronger than than what we perceive. Our bodies really just limit us. But what the beautiful part of being human is, we have these bodies. It's like a vehicle for for our consciousness to kind of experience things. So it's like it's a beautiful balance of like it's still a respect, but also keep pushing yourself. 
Wow, that's so beautiful. I love that. And and there's so much that I want to dive in there with the consciousness too. Is So you obviously are living a life full of passion and just full of testing your limits and, and seeing what you're capable of, like both mind, body, and spirit. How did that come for you to where you started to learn more about even getting into learning about consciousness or learning about how much the physical body is capable of or, or the spiritual body. Like how did you, what advice do you have for people who want to learn more about that for themselves? I, I, the, there's this one book called Buddha's brain. And I think it's the perfect balance of the basics of neuroscience, which is like, this is your brain. This is what like each of the, like the sections of your brain does. And like neurotransmitters, like I was saying, it gives you the basics and then it ties it into um, certain religions or spirituality. And I think that's how people can make their own, not assumptions, but the, like, gain their own knowledge to experience what their definition of spirituality was. And for me, that was super important because I was so analytical. My young adult life, like doing neuroscience, working at UCLA, I was like, if I can't prove it, it doesn't exist. You know what I mean? So it wasn't until I would, you know, I lived in West, the West, uh, West LA region. So it's in Venice. I'm like, if, if you guys know what that is, it's like, you know, a bunch of air one, bunch of, if you go to air one, you just sit down, you listen to people and all you're going to hear chakra within like 30 seconds. <laughs> and then like, you know, like I just took an ayahuasca trip this past weekend in Malibu and it was like, I still feel effects. So like being, I always make fun of it, but really those are the people that like, I would make fun of, but then just because I was so insecure about my own experience, but then you would have your own experiences, however you define that. And then you see things, it's, you see things and you feel things that are inexplicable and you can't like, you can't, you just, it's like essential truth. You know what I mean? So the balance of those, I've created just, I guess, my own existence and that contributes even more so to the definition of happiness. So I was like, None of this is like, like none of this makes sense or, or, and then, but like none of this makes sense in a heavy way or none of this makes sense or matters in it and like in the most lighthearted way. So it's like how you kind of define that. Ooh, yes. Yeah. yeah I go so back and forth. Like I, my spiritual awakening is very, very new. Like you've been in this yeah, path yeah. for a while. Like, yeah. Mine was in the past year and I'm just starting to learn. Like I was the same mm-hmm. where I thought that everything that was happening and we were experiencing was what I saw. But then you start to feel and experience and see that there's so much more Mm -hmm. and you find sort of like things that feel in alignment and you pursue that and you go down that path and you've been living that journey for so long now. What has been like your greatest moment from this journey of living in alignment with yourself? Like, what does that feel like? What has that felt like pursuing it? Ironically, it's, it's the darkest moments that, that I value the most. Uh, my existence, even from a young girl standpoint, was the aspect of yin and yang. Um, and, and we live in a, as a physical body, like I said, we live in the constant state of separation where our consciousness and our body are together, but they're still separate entities. And even like, you can't define happy, you can't define happiness without sadness. You can't define light without having darkness. So it's like those aspects. And then for me as a ninja is chaos of yin and yang. I'm a klutz like on a normal basis. So I'm like, okay, if I trip or I like forget something, I'm like, okay, if these are necessary evils, so I don't have a big accident, like down the line kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Nothing is perfect. So I think accepting that truth helps a lot with your spiritual journey that like not everything is so could be like lighthearted. 
and I think in a certain sense, uh, spirituality is commercialized to a certain extent, but it's just the discussions on your own personal experience of like the darkness, the overcoming of traumas that's yours or not yours. And then just looking at it and then dealing with it in your own best way. I think those are the moments that are most important versus like the happy moments. Yes, that is so cool. And I feel like that's because society says, oh, only light and only good. But right. you found the lessons and the depth in the in the balance in yeah. the dark. Yeah, yeah. Wow, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. That's amazing. And so on theme with this podcast, the Your Extraordinary Life series, I always ask everyone what their most extraordinary life looks like. For some people, it's traveling the world. For some people, it's learning as much as they can about a certain subject and getting a PhD. What does your most extraordinary life look like for you? (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm living it, but my favorite thing is like when I meet strangers to freak them the fuck out of my existence. (laughs) But like, if I'm not physically moving to freak them out, like my favorite thing is like at dinners, I'm like, hi, my name is Ninja. And then like, I'll start sharing things about my life. And then I just see their face where they either like are fascinated by it or they think I'm a liar. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, hi, my name is Ninja. I have a neuroscience degree. Uh, I travel the world. I'm a pilot and I ride motorcycles every day. So And sick. then they're like, you like a, like a chronic liar narcissist? I'm like, I could be, huh? I could be. Sounds like it. Could be. But I can swear to God, I could fact check these things. It's not going to be a deep fake. Um, so I'm living it. I guess, I guess a future goal uh, is like, the worry I have of like, I do want kids and then having them live their best extraordinary. But now I'm like the tiger mom where I'm like, I want them to live the most expansive, like explorative dream ever. But then I'm like, what if they just want to be safe at home, like and read books? And I'll be like, no, <laughs> get out there. <laughs> but I have, I mean, that's one of those. Yeah. That's just like an, un, I think, cause it's so unknowable. That, but that's still like a, the goal for me. It's just to explore a, a next chapter of unknowable. So with being around someone like you who is living their most authentic life, most in alignment with who they are, it feels so inspiring for people around you to feel like they feel encouraged to do the same, which is such an uplifting and inspiring feeling. Yeah, I, more than anything, it's like find your individual goals and paths, stick with what's your truth. But at the same time, what I feel like for me personally, that's helped me feel in alignment with a lot of things is still reflecting and giving respect to like where you came from, which can mean many, like many different things. I go back to like my ancestors that I've never met that's been passed on for years, like that they're always looking out for you. So it's like respecting where you came from ancestral wise. And then also, even though I'm not a doctor, I'm not fulfilling my parents' dream. I can't, and it's still calls could be stressful with my mom because she's always like, when are you going to go back to medicine? Do you, like, when are you going to get health insurance? I'm like, I have health insurance, but she's like, you know, like, when are you going to get a job? And then, like, a real job. And then I would always fight her, like, always. But then I, I realized, I was like, she just has to mom. And if I just allow her to, like, say it and then... I now have started to communicate with her just to reassure her that like, I'm going to be okay. I'm still trying to be the best person of, of like, and, and still also make most money. Mm-hmm. If I remind her of the essential things I know she worries about me, um, our relationship has gone a lot better. Aww. Yeah. 
That's amazing. That's so awesome. Your story is so inspiring. I know that you very much inspire me,、Thanks. and I know that a lot of people feel so inspired by your story. So thank you so much for sharing. Are there any last words or words of advice or wisdom that you would like to leave everyone with? Go to the rock climbing gym once. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just go once, and then if you if you want tips, message me, Ninja underscore Natalie on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Where can everyone find you? Your YouTube channel? Can they dig things? Oh、up? my God, my YouTube channel's so old. So like, maybe don't go to that one. Just go to my Instagram. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> Amazing. So you are Ninja Natalie. Yeah. Yes. Figured、awesome. out that branding really easy. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And yeah, reach out to both of us on Instagram, YouTube. This is on Apple Podcasts. And thank you so much. Here's to living your most extraordinary life. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs>